My name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hey you, welcome to episode 105 of Legally Clueless. Thanks for being part of the tribe. If this is your first time here, remember you can connect with us on Twitter, use the hashtag Legally Clueless, and on Instagram, we're at Legally Clueless Podcast. So I'm really excited about the story you will hear a little later in this episode because it comes from the very first tour that this podcast ever went on. I don't know why I'm saying the very first tour, though we've done 10. <laughs> We've only done that one so far, but I am working on another one. Fingers crossed it works out. So the story you will hear in this episode was recorded when we went to Meru. And we were in Meru University. We met a young girl called Lika and her story is featured in this episode. Listen to this. I was set for the exam because I was very well prepared. I had to go for my rehearsals and then come back home and take care of my young sister. So when I got home, I can't tell if it was tension or hunger. I just found some bananas. So we eat a whole two bunches, over 20 bananas with my sister. I overate the bananas. That is why I'm not all fine. There was this auntie of mine who just called me and said, you're sick. No, that is witchcraft. How can you be sick and you're having your exams tomorrow? I was index one. So I sat on the front seat and I could call after 10 minutes. Excuse me, can I go out to the toilet? And I was eagerly waiting with my poor marks <laughs> to be called to Alliance. The national letters came. I didn't see one. <laughs> I kept on waiting. So maybe they forgot my name. I got a letter for admission in Kangaroo Girls. Actually, I never had dreams of becoming a leader in high school. I used to see it for those naive girls eh, who want attention from the teachers and others. I really can't wait for you to hear the story. It'll take you back to your primary and your high school days. But before we get there, I hope you had a great week and I hope this new week has started off well for you. On my end, I am just so overwhelmed. I think anybody who is running their own business, is self-employed or freelancing, whatever you want to call it, can just understand the way. <laughs> it is a lot. It really is a lot. And I think for me, what is overwhelming me is the multitasking on two fronts. The first type of multitasking that is exhausting me is actual tasks. So there are points when in not even the span of a day, the span of just a few hours, I have to wrap up some proposal, jump on calls, send out emails, prep for talks or interviews that I'm doing, do production for this podcast and the episodes that play on Trace Radio. So it can get where? <laughs> What is the word? I feel like overwhelming is not even strong enough. It can just get to that one. I think you understand me. And then the second type of multitasking that is just also pretty exhausting is the different emotions that I have to juggle through feeling. And sometimes I don't have, what is it? Enough time to feel. And the emotions can be so different. So for example, good news. I just, well, not just, maybe like end of last month into early this month, closed on one of my biggest deals for the duration of me working alone, which is great. It's so validating as sole businesswoman <laughs> and doing my own thing. It was like, yay, this is great. But I didn't even have enough time to absorb that and to celebrate that win because on this other front, 
these like proposals that are getting rejected or people just ghosting or the worst kind of people who you have to keep reminding to pay you (laughs) you know what I mean so it's like all of these emotions of like oh I'm a bit down that I got rejected Ooh, but I just you know closed this fantastic deal oh man that shithead hasn't paid me yet like it's just all of these emotions and I don't know about you, but my emotions demand to be felt. (laughs) And it can get so overwhelming. Oh my God. Like yesterday, I went for a shoot for a project that I think will probably be unveiled next month in April. And at a point during that shoot, I just had to pull out my poetry book. So I've learned that when my thoughts are getting a bit overwhelming and then it spirals into anxiety, if I focus on one thing and something that is not related even remotely (laughs) to any of my thoughts it's like I've put a pause on my thoughts I don't know if that makes sense but it gives me some space to breathe so I constantly walk around even the house (laughs) with my favorite poetry book so yesterday at the shoot at a point I was just having so many thoughts not even related to the shoot man I had to just whip out that book and focus on reading poetry because I was like man I I'm going to lose it. And I know the obvious question is, okay, so why don't you get people to help? In real sense, I do have some people who I outsource things to. So if it's video or if it is commercial production work, but the normal day to day, it's all me because one, I don't believe in not compensating people for the work they do for you. And I just don't think the runnings of my business are at the point where I can consistently compensate someone so I will not do that to anybody (laughs) start something that I can't keep up and I also need to find the time to be clear on what tasks I need help with because I'm not clear if it's a case of me needing somebody else to help me or maybe just needing better time management so I have to do that work first in regards to the initiative I did actually do like a first intro interview with somebody that I know to be able to help me run the Safe 247 program because I feel like it's hard for me to juggle everything. And then I feel really bad if I stall on that front just because I'm connected emotionally to that program. So I had like a Kamini intro interview with somebody that I know, which went really well. And they, to me, their energy seems like they're passionate about the program. But let me tell you... Another thing I struggle with is trust. If you run your own thing and you battle or battled this, please just DM me how you're navigating, like trusting people enough to have them around you. I think my former management probably did a number on me because trusting people to get the work done, to have your best interests at heart is where for me I don't know in a professional setting that is like business setting I don't know I don't know when I'll I'll ever get back to that point so I would appreciate (laughs) all the tips you have used to get to that point just send them my way on social media or in the comments of this episode like that I genuinely need a lot of help with because inevitably you have to work with people and you have to trust that you've made the right judgment in hiring or working with a particular person and then not take it personally if they disappoint you gravely. I don't know how not to take it personally. (laughs) 
because you know this is my thing this is my baby these are things that i've created so i'm just like if you come in and there's integrity issues or you just switch up your personality i i don't know how to handle that man <laughs> so i'd rather work myself to death anyway in happier news which is the song of the week i really love this song whenever it comes on like when i'm driving and i put my music on shuffle and then this song pops up i get the hugest smile on my face like it's ridiculous one because i really love miguel i think he's just seems like such a raw artist even his songs that i don't really understand like i think the one he released last year was it called funeral i didn't fully understand it or the visuals but i can respect someone being true to their art to that extent but this one this particular song maybe i like it because it has a marvin gay sample because i love all songs well most songs that sample Marvin Gaye's sexual healing, which this one does really well. Maybe it's that, but also I really like Miguel. So the name of the song, wow, I've gone on and <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the name of the song is Pineapple Skies. I really like it. Please do check it out. There's a link to it in the description of this episode. And I hope you like it and have a huge grin on your face when you listen to it. All right, let's jump into 100 African Stories. Super excited about this one because I went back to listen to all the stories I recorded during the first tour this podcast went on. We went on a university tour. One of the universities we went to is Meru Uni, which for those who are not aware is about what? I think it took us like five hours. Mm, no, I've lied. Three to four hours. Yes, yeah, three to four hours away from Nairobi. And we went to Meru University, pitched podcast tents there and just recorded stories the entire day and then came back to Nairobi. And man, it was so wonderful. It was so affirming. Like it made me know a bit more or not know, like validate why I started this podcast, why I started recording African stories because I'm Kenyan, but I learned a lot more about the various experiences we have as Kenyans while recording stories at the various universities, especially Meru Uni. I have to go back there. So the storyteller's name is Lika and I really like the story. She actually will tell you what two bundles of bananas and school exams have in common. A hundred African stories on Legally Clueless. Stories from Africa. I'm Lika. I'm from Embu County, but originality is Matapos County. So back in 2012, yeah, in November, when I was a candidate for the KCSC, I was set for the exam. Let me say so because I was very well prepared. Yeah, I went for my rehearsals and I could remember my mom was very sick. She was very sick, actually. She was hospitalized. I had to go for my rehearsals and then come back home and take care of my young sister. So when I got home, I can't tell if it was tension or hunger. I just found some banana. Bananas. And my sister told me that mom said we eat everything. So we eat a whole two bunches, over 20 bananas with my sister. And I got sick. And remember tomorrow I have a exam. So I got sick and uh, my brother who was with us did not know what I did. So he thought it was attention or something, a fever. But deep down I knew I overate the <laughs> bananas. That is why I 
I'm not all fine. So, you know, that period at the evening when everybody calls you, they just want to wish you success as you go to sit for your exams. And then there, there was this auntie of mine <laughs> who just called me and said, you're sick. No, that is witchcraft. How can you be sick and you're having your exams tomorrow? Then I was like, oh, yeah, it can be. <laughs> I didn't want to disclose the cause of my sickness because I knew it will cause a very therapeutic <laughs> if everybody knew what I had done. So I just humbled. I never revised for that paper because it's mathematics. And I usually had trust in myself. So I said, I'll sleep, hopingly that my stomach will be fine by tomorrow. <laughs> and I'll sit for my exams in peace. So in the morning, I just woke up and it was all the same. How I slept, I was just rushing to the toilet again and again. I wanted to cancel the exams. But another thing came to me, I can't read for eight years just to cancel my exams because of a stomach ache. So when I went to the exams room, uh, the invigilators, okay, I was in the one that time so I sat on the front seat and I could call after 10 minutes excuse me can I go to the toilet <laughs> and they started suspecting me and I was about to be stopped to do my exam when the truth came out I had to tell them what is happening you know I'm not fine I did this and this and this I did my paper in Almost four hours, because after every 10 minutes, I was rushing out. After every 10 minutes, I'm rushing out. And by the period I was done with my paper, my stomach was doing fine. So I didn't give up. So I said, at least if I had cancelled my exam, that means I could not have done it. So I went home, prepared for my next paper, but never disclosed to anybody what was happening. I mean, what I had done. So I kept it as my secret <laughs> until my younger sister told, <laughs> told them that... Yesterday she overate bananas, and that is the reason. You know, I was totally beaten thoroughly until I escaped from home. <laughs> and uh, the following day I had a paper. So everybody kept on looking for me, and I was just hidden some meters away from home, crying. I felt so much disowned by everybody without bearing in mind that the mistake was mine. Okay, fine, I did my papers, I was done with them, and it came to the annunciation time of the results, and I was there waiting and watching. I actually hoped to be among the best students, because I really worked hard for it. I listened, and I told everybody, wait, today I'll be on the TV, I know I'm the best student. And they all came there, <laughs> and to my surprise, I wasn't there. I wasn't amongst the top students, and... I felt so much demoralized. I actually went away. I didn't want to know what I had scored, actually, until my sister called and told me, wow, you've performed nicely. That was like, nicely, and I've not appeared on the TV. That was my ambition. <laughs> and she told me, why? And you're actually the best in your, these, I don't know, the high school, the, 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 the primary school, the zones. I don't know, the province, the what. Yeah, I was the best in the zone. And then she's like, you're the best in the zone. Why can't you do the, I mean, why don't you feel much appreciated with that? She told me I didn't achieve what was my aim. I didn't get what I really expected. But I was still happy because I knew if I had done the maths paper the way I was supposed to do it, I could have appeared on the TV. <laughs> but no, I didn't want everybody to know the cause of my failure. So I kept it for myself. Then it came time for the selection of the high school that you be posted into. And I was eagerly waiting with my poor marks <laughs> to be called to Alliance. You know those fake ambitions that we kids do have, yeah? I was still waiting to get my letter to Alliance Girls. And uh, the national letters came. I didn't see one. 
I kept on waiting so, eh, maybe they forgot my name let me wait they can come with the extra county schools I just waited and I got a letter for admission in Kangaroo Kangaroo girls on the highway Mbu Meru highway and I was just <laughs> so much disappointed I mean none of my dreams has I didn't appear on the TV yeah I didn't get a letter to Alliance only to get a letter to an extra county school but all, all I had was just to appreciate on the reporting week that was somewhere around Feb 2013 you remember there was the cancellation of the presidential results election election results and we had to repeat the election again you know my dad job being based on their construction they had to close their job you know during that election period they are normally it's not peaceful the clients do have some problems so my dad they terminated our contract that they had for the construction so he had to come home and i have only two weeks to report to my school and everybody is there he just said it at when we were having our dinner at night that you know because i don't know when we'll resume in our job which might even take more months i suggest you go to a day school that was just somewhere near our home and then when we resume in our job you'll join the school that you've been called to you know you're waiting for a letter for alliance you got a letter for an extra county school and here comes someone telling you you go to a day school i said no dad let me repeat class eight and then when you get money or if you get money in the course of my studying, let me get out of school and join the secondary school. But let me say it was just kiddish and stubbornness. Some miracle happened and he got some money. I went to school, but I was still disturbed. You know, that time when you get to a class, you know, it's like, hey, you see, no, I didn't really expect to study with these kind of people. I expected some higher place to be in. And so <laughs> I went to school um, due to those issues. I went to school like two days later. And uh, I got to the class that I was, the stream that I was posted in. And I found the classroom was full and everybody was silent, quiet, reading their atlases. And I don't know those kind of ones, kind of books from once read. And uh, I just stomped into the class and everybody laughed, you know. You are late, the class is full, and everybody is just laughing. It's like, what is not happening? I think I'm fine. So, <laughs> with my little confidence, I just went and sat at the back because there was an empty seat there with no locker. So I just sat and people were still laughing. I didn't know that it was my skirt which was not fitting well, you know. I was very tiny, actually half me now. And <laughs> one of the girls told me, can't you see your skirt is falling down? And... Uh, I don't know how I felt, but I just walked out of the class and went somewhere. We used to call it a bay, a sitting bay. I just sat, I started crying. And you know, the form fours, they usually, form fours, that, the form fours, form threes, the upper classes usually come to see how fresh first years are behaving. So I was there and one of them came and asked me, why are you crying? You know, I had not really been used to sharing my, my things with people. So I just looked at her badly, very badly in fact. With the night that it's like, get out of here, girl. I don't want you closer. And she just went. Then, you know, this guide, guides you're given at high school. I was given a very stubborn girl like me. So she came and asked me, why are you crying? You should be in class seated and what, what, what? I tell her, get out of here. I know what I am doing. So at that time is when the class teacher passed by and told me to go back to class and stop behaving like I've never been to such a place. You know, deep down, you know what you are going through. The whole class is laughing at you. You don't want to go back to the same place. So when I went back, I found our biology teacher back then in Form 1. 
she had come to issue the textbooks before the teaching had started. And I went back to my usual sitting place, the back place, and in front of me there was a very tall girl. And so I started uh, dozing off. <laughs> and so she she ordered me to get out of her class and sleep there at the veranda. You know, everybody, it's lunchtime, everybody is going out to take their meals and you're there, you are sleeping, you are a first year, you're actually one day old in the school, you know no one. I mean, at first I I excused myself and told her it wasn't me, you know, you have to be bold, eh? But she told me, get out, I have seen you sleeping in my class and you just came the other day. I just went and slept there with my oversized skirt. <laughs> and you know, as the others passed by, it was almost getting off and they used to see my inner ways and they were like, hey, can you first year, you see, and they laugh. You know, you can't understand, but I, I felt so much intimidated. After the lesson class of the biology, the teacher took me to the principal's office and I was summoned to take a whole week of sleeping at the veranda well, everybody, a whole day from morning class to, I mean, from eight to five. I sleep there, everybody passes by, I can't attend my classes. And also she gave me a punishment. Every time I come to my class, get out. So when I saw at the time table, it's biology class, I used to get out before she found me there. And that is how I developed bad attitude towards my sec- my secondary life. I forgot I had the ambitions to join Alliance. I forgot the had ambitions to do this and this. And deep down, I wanted to be a neurosurgeon. Eh? My biology teacher used to come in. I go out. I don't know it's fortunately or unfortunately. Our maths teacher was transferred. <laughs> and the biology teacher was to take us through the maths lesson. So she had two classes. And every time she came in, I was to go out. So when she came in for maths class, she found me in. The, just pretended that I hadn't seen her. I can remember, young girl, I told you when I come to the class, just get out of the class. You know, with all your humility, you're a form one, you don't know what to do. I just got out of the class and never minded what, you know, you have to stay away from (laughs) those quarrels with the administration when you're new in the school. So it reached a point I saw, even if I have to stay like this, those are two subjects, that is mathematics and biology, and they are key subjects. So for me to be able to attend these classes, I have to confront the teacher. So I had to go for a whole one-week rehearsal of how I would go to that teacher and apologize for something that deep down I knew is sleeping a big issue. So I just went to her and she was like, I have been waiting for this for a whole two weeks for you to come and apologize. But you looked too stubborn. Tada, me, I didn't know, you know, the way first years, I mean, for once, they look so innocent, so humble. And I had to change my attitude towards her. She actually became my mentor. Yes. And when I got to Form 2, she proposed to me that I vie for a compound captain position. And she came and told everybody, I will campaign for Lika. She has been a very bad girl in the first days. <laughs> but she came to apologize to me. And I really like how she changed her attitude towards me. And to my surprise, I mean to her surprise, actually became the best biology student that term. When we applied for the positions, I was about to be disqualified. You know, you apply in our high school 
shortlist to apply for the position, then you're shortlisted, then you campaign. Yes, you had to buy breads for people. <laughs> it was tough politics. So I was about to be disqualified because, you know, this time I slept, I went to the principal's office. I didn't know my name was written somewhere. Like, I just thought I was so innocent. I have no disciplinary issues. In fact, I have never been called to the disciplinary. So I didn't know I had some marks somewhere that could make me be denied the position. So I was called and told, at this time, I don't know this time, you did this and this and this. So I apologized. <laughs> Why does it have to be with me? me at this time. So I went to her and told her, you know, the thing that I did, I didn't know it was that much and I am being disqualified for this. It, you know what she told me? <laughs> she told me, don't worry, I am by your side. So the shortlisting was to be done the following day and I waited anxiously to see my name missing. And uh, to my surprise, I was there. I started my campaigns. She always came, she even funded me to buy those breads and <laughs> and uh, do the other thing because she usually told me every time she came to her class, I can see ambitions in you. Yeah, but if you don't look into it, you can mess up in a very bad place. She usually told me that and every morning I woke up, every time we had a biology class I used to feel I'm a bit energized. Yeah, I need this madam around. After the class I would go just say hi, tell her how I'm feeling. She she really motivated me. Till date I usually tell her madam, you changed my life. <laughs> you made me whoever I am today. So I campaigned for my results. I was actually, my opponent was a, was a Hindi girl. Yeah, she was a Hindi girl and I managed to beat her terribly. Actually, actually I got almost three quarters of the votes and I was shocked because people used to say lika, 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 lika and I was too tiny so <laughs> I really didn't expect to win that but she kept motivating me, you know, you can do it, you can do it. So after that, I just focused on the biology and mathematics. I didn't want to disappoint her. So every time I used to go to her office, ask her the questions and this and this. And then it was now time for the, the next elections. And she came to me and told me, how do you think if you go for the school captain? Or will it be a, a very great workload to you? And uh, I, I, I said, at first I told her, <laughs> please, you know, the school captain is used for the, those, we, in our school we used to term it the CU people. I mean, the Christian students. You know, if, you, if you're not part of them, if you weren't recognized to be a church person, you couldn't get the captain seat because people used to term it as a, the person who betrays you. Dance. You always say what is not supposed to be said. I mean, you are against them every time. And so I was like, I can't allow my reputation <laughs> to be like that because I knew the kind of group I was dealing with, I could be in a bad place. So at first I rejected and told her, I, I, I can't take that. Actually, my last year has been very tough in that student council. And uh, she even called the CEO patron to come and tell me, that I changed my perception towards it, that it's not meant for this and this. But I didn't want to tell her the reason I was fearing it. I just told her I'm not ready. You know, I'm almost to my final year. I don't want to disappoint you with your biology and mathematics. And uh, the, the CU patron convinced me somehow <laughs> that I applied 
But now, one day to the release of the short listing, I wrote a cancellation letter of my application. And uh, it was all talks everywhere because nobody wasn't applied for the school captain post. And I was the only one. So I felt it would be a very tough load if I go and post. So I went and declined the position before they shortlisted them. And now I had to be called back to the principal's office and be told, I have to take it. If I don't take it, I'm on consequences. We'll have to apply. Then I talked to her and she told me, don't worry. Everybody who sees a potential in you, it means you can do it. You know how it, people lie to you. I don't know if it's a lie or it's a true one. I mean, if people see potential in you, you can do it. I took almost um, from, let's say, around 10 hours to reply back because the election had to be done after two days. I mean, two days after the shortlisting. And I ended up accepting the position which went unopposed. And to my surprise, actually served as the best. Everybody used to compliment me. All those behind me were told, why can't you do this like this school captain? Why can't you do this like this school captain? And I felt that I usually appreciated that madam. If she had not seen that potential in me, if she had not thrown me out of the class and created that barrier between me and her for me to go and apologize, I mean, I could not have done it. Actually, I had never had dreams of becoming a leader in high school. I used to see it for those naive girls eh, who want attention from the teachers and others. So, yeah, I do talk to her to date. Whenever I have any problem, I actually consult her every day, every time. Because she doesn't lack anything to tell me. If I feel much demoralized, I just tell her, you know what, madam, I want to do this, but I think it won't work out. She tells me, no, I have not known you like that. I know you like a tough girl. I've known you like a person with ambitions and a person who can do it. So try it out. If it fails, try it out. Catch more African stories in the next episode of Legally Clueless. I really loved that story. I'd forgotten that I'd even recorded it. I'd forgotten how I laughed throughout the recording. Well, at the early stages of the recording around the banana situation. And then I also was thinking about how many school systems don't meet the various students, the various kids where they are. Because it, it's really sad that somebody's sick and they feel too scared to share that with either their parents or their teachers. But, you know, we've criticized our education system a lot. <laughs> I really hope it changes. It also reminded me the story of first my first day in high school. So I went to high school in Botswana, a school called Westwood International School. I was I think two weeks late for school. And when I first walked into the class, I could see the segregation. It was so wild, especially for me coming from Kenya. Because like the black girls were on one side and the black boys were on one side. And there was like Indians by themselves, Chinese by themselves, white people by themselves. It was very strange. So when you walk into that setting, I think I was what, 12, 13? You just know where you must go and sit. <laughs> You don't try <laughs> to ruffle anything. You sit with the people who look like you. But I remember thinking, this is weird, strange, very, very strange. And then I remember there was also bullying that happened. My best friend in high school, her name was Nono Lesang. We still are actually friends. We just spoke, I think, last week. And she is Swana and she at the time couldn't speak the local language because she had grown up in the States for a lot of her life and then like moved around a couple of times. And that made the older Swana girls bully her a lot 
and by proxy, <laughs> since I was with her, we'd get bullied together. And they would say things like, we think we're better than them. And I remember this one time they bullied us so badly. But one other fellow student, a guy called Timothy, and he also used to get bullied a lot because he was darker skinned than most of the people. He came to our aid. It was just so hectic. Like looking back, I'm like, that was so strange. And then guess what? Early this year in, I want to say probably the end of January, one of the girls who used to bully us so badly her name was Komotsu. She sent me a friend request on like my private Facebook page. I don't even know how she found it. But she sent me a friend request. I was like, the audacity is being given out for free, clearly. <laughs> Sis, you bullied the heck out of us. I am not. <laughs> I'm not about to act like that didn't happen. You were actually really horrible to us. But anyway, yeah, so this story just made me take like a trip down memory lane as far as like high school is concerned. I've also really enjoyed recording stories this week from people who sent story demos to the Legally Clueless hotline. I think I've recorded five stories this week, which was so awesome and so insightful. And the platform I use has video capabilities now. So it was really nice to see <laughs> some of the people who listen to this podcast. So if you want to share your story on an episode, all you have to do is record a one minute story demo telling me a bit about the story you want to share and then send that to the hotline, which is plus two five four seven six eight six two eight seven nine zero. And we will take it from there. You can also, if you connect with some thing on this podcast record an audio note and just share that with me it's really awesome to be receiving audio notes of people enjoying the podcast from of course right here in Kenya from Limpopo South Africa from Rwanda Uganda and I even got some from Tanzania my name is Adele also people call me Ade I'm all the way from Tanzania and I really, really love your podcast. Really, really. I enjoyed it. I'm actually addicted. But my first ep episode was of Brian. He lost his parents while he was young. And I, when he said there's no manual for loss, like we're used to it. Like somebody dies and there's a funeral and then you bottle up feelings inside and you go on with your life. I lost my parents like on 2019, December, both of them. And it's kind of one week. I'm 22 actually and everyone was like, you're a big girl, you can handle it. But you know, I think there's no money of losing a parent, you know? No parents for the sake. They were like, there are other people younger than you. They don't even know. Yes, I know I was. I was actually finishing college. So they're like, you're already financially supported all those years. You don't have to worry about anything. Like I was like, damn, I don't give a damn about money. I wish my parents were here even if they don't give me a cent, you know. Just don't tell me how to feel about it. So yeah, I really, I really felt that. I want you to know that I really, really like a podcast and your stories are very inspiring, inspirational. And I love your relationship, by the way, it's the way you talk about your partner. It's really inspiring and you're, you're funny, you love. I like that. That is from my namesake in Tanzania. I absolutely appreciate you listening to the podcast and just taking the time out to send an audio note to the hotline. I was on such a high when I got this particular audio note. Thank you so much. Do remember if this is your first time listening to this podcast, new episodes go out every single Monday and you can catch this podcast on Trace Radio if you're in Kenya. You can tune in every Monday, Wednesday and Friday at 12 noon and at 7 p.m. Although on Friday it's only at 12 noon. And so if you're in Kenya, in Nairobi you can catch Trace Radio on 95.3 
FM in Nakuru 91.8 FM in Kisumu 99.1 FM Eldoret 90.9 FM and in Mombasa 92.0 FM and ending on another high you know how last was it the last episode or two episodes ago I told you one of the noisy kids in my estate has moved out (laughs) guess what guys The one remaining noisy kid is also moving out. (laughs) Okay, wow. I sound very evil, but I mean, kids are cute and awesome, but they make it very hard for me to do any sort of recording. So I met this particular kid's mom and she was like, oh, you know, unfortunately, we're moving out. (laughs) I was like, oh, shucks. Okay, you know what? let me just end this episode here because I'm sounding like I'm an evil person, even though I'm not. It's just that sometimes it would make it very hard for me to do any sort of production. So whilst I wish them well, <laughs> I'm like, fuchs, <laughs> I can produce in peace. That's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.